Dear God, thank you for another day that we have to love you, honor you, and give you the praise and worship that you're so deserving of. Thank you so much for this podcast and that it creates a community where people can have open conversation and ask questions. But most importantly, thank you that it's a place where people can learn what it means to truly be a disciple of Jesus. We thank you so much for Aaron and Morgan and their willingness to be vessels for your Holy Spirit to work in and through them. We ask that you would bless them, bless this podcast, and bless all of the production that goes into making it what it is. Thank you for what your son did on the cross in our place. We don't take it for granted. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to the True Discipleship Podcast, where we have practical conversations on what it means to be a passionate follower of Jesus. We are so thankful you chose to listen today and hope you gain a fresh perspective. With Jesus at the center, this is a community where everyone is given a seat at the table, a place to dive into scripture, talk, think, explore, and learn what following Christ is all about. Now on to our hosts, Aaron and Morgan Nelson. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the True Discipleship Podcast. My name is Aaron. And I'm Morgan. And a huge shout out to our friend Jade. Yeah. That uh, That was her voice you were hearing yeah thank you jade for sending that in and just a reminder if you are willing to contribute to the podcast and want to open one of our episodes in prayer we would love that you get to hear our voices for like a whole 45 minutes so it's nice to break it up with yeah, someone else's be great if you want to be famous like jade is now <laughs> i'm sure that uh, the royalty checks are pouring in for her oh absolutely your check <laughs> is in the mail jade but our email is true discipleship podcast 2021 at gmail.com Say no it's part. true discipleship 2021 True discipleship at 2021 at gmail.com. That's right. We would love to get those in. You can also just reach out to us via social media and all that other stuff, and we'll figure out the best way to make that happen. I am super excited about today's episode because we're getting into something that I think is uh, pretty important. It is important, and I think it's something that I'm really passionate about. And um, yeah, I think this conversation is going to be really good. I think it's going to flow really well. For sure. Do you want to set that up? Do you want to let everybody know what we're looking at today? Yeah, for sure. We're going to be talking about accountability. Um, everybody's favorite word. Everybody's <laughs> favorite ability. Accountability. Yes, please don't pause it. Turn us off. Unsubscribe and unfollow us. We promise it's going to be, a, well, we can't promise it's going to be a fruitful conversation. We hope it's a fruitful conversation. Yeah. And we're really excited to talk about it. So we're going to talk about just really what is accountability? How do we do it? Why do we do it? Why do we hold ourselves accountable? And then why do we seek out opportunities to hold other people accountable? I'm going to ask you one more quick question. Uh, This is, I love throwing you questions you aren't ready for, but why would we talk about accountability on a podcast called the True Discipleship Podcast? I think that holding other people accountable is part of being a disciple of Jesus. And I think other people holding us accountable is how we shape ourselves into a disciple. Because I mean, call back to the first episode, we talked about becoming a true disciple means trying to look more and more like Jesus and 
you know, mimic those, the traits that Jesus had. And sometimes those traits happen really easily and we can do them really well, but sometimes there are things that we're tempted to do or we're tempted not to do. And accountability is a great way to make sure that we do those things. Yeah, it's a great way. It's not always a super easy way, but we're going to talk about why, even though it's not super easy, it's still necessary for all of us, right? Yeah, I think it's going to be good. It's going to it's going to hurt in a good way. <laughs> Let's get into it. Yeah. So if you've been around the church for a while, you've probably heard the word accountability, but if you haven't, you've probably been introduced to the word accountability. You probably like went to church for the first time and they were like, welcome, we're so glad you're here. Would you like to join a small group? And then you go to the small group and you're sitting in a circle with people you've never met and they're all like, so what's like your deepest, darkest personal struggle? And you're just like, what did I sign myself up for? Yeah, I have. <laughs> I'm laughing because I've been in that before. It's super uncomfortable. It's not fun, but and I think that it's uh it's something that's vital. But if that's your first introduction to it, you go into defense mode, right? You feel this need to protect yourself, and no, I'm not going to tell you the deepest, darkest parts about all of me because there's no trust there. Yeah, I think it's understanding that the people that are sitting in that circle are they have a heart for you and even though they don't know you they they probably want to to help you uh and i think that's at the root of what accountability is is that the other person has the heart for you and wanting to help you do you feel like just talking about us personally do you feel like you have had or currently have uh, a healthy source of accountability or maybe what's your history with accountability look like Being completely honest right now, I wouldn't say I have a source of accountability right now. I have a lot of people who care a lot about me. I don't think I'm going through something right now that I feel like I need a ton of accountability on. And saying that out loud right now sounds really naive and really, really dumb. And so this episode's going to kick me in the butt. Honestly, it's going to remind me how important accountability is because we have blind spots. And right now, I think I'm flying blind and I'm, I'm not seeking out in like existing friendships that I have that people have been accountable. I've been accountable to before. I haven't gone back to them to say, hey, like, I know I was struggling with this thing before, but now I feel like I've got more of a handle on it. But is there anything else you see in me that I might not see that I need you to hold me accountable for now? Yeah, I think that's huge. I think you just hit on something because this is speaking probably from a guy's perspective, but I feel like most times accountability groups um, for groups that call them that, right? Like you said earlier, a lot of times it's just small groups or life groups or whatever your or just friendships. community calls it. Yeah, yeah. Friendship, whatever. Yeah. Cause it could just simply be your friendships. I think a lot of time accountability groups, that's the phrase I'm going to use for this, this conversation just cause I think it helps bring some clarity. Uh, but I think accountability groups are usually formed around one common issue. This is something that we're all facing right? For those of you who aren't familiar with accountability groups, I think it's fair to say that it's kind of like an AA, right? Like this is like Alcoholics Anonymous. These are people struggling with alcohol issues, alcoholism. So we're going to get together and we're going to have a focused 
path on how we try to defeat this problem in our lives. And I think it works the same way, right? Whether it's, I know for men, like pornography is a really big one. They would like, we're going to have an accountability. It feels like exclusively what guys have <laughs> accountability groups for, but it could be anything, right? I mean, and people have them for their finances, for their marriages, for whatever, this wide range of things. And oftentimes we go to those as a last resort. Like, man, this thing is falling apart. I need help. But I think the thing that you just hit on, which is huge, is the idea that even if it's not a problem right now, it may be a problem eventually or down the road, or we may be moving in that direction. One of the things that I think is great about accountability is that it creates this level of self-awareness that if you know that, let's say, however frequently, once a week, once a month, I know some accountability groups are just like, hey, text me whenever this is an issue or whatever. One of the things that's so great about that is, is you live your week knowing next week at this time, I'm going to see this group of people and I'm going to have to talk about this issue because we're going to get together and talk about whatever this sin issue is in my life and how we battle with that. And I think that's I think that's huge. Yeah. And you touch on this. You're going to have to go back to that group and you're going to have to tell them, hey, I messed up. And Sometimes that in and of itself seems like the worst like repercussion of whatever you did, but we can't ignore the fact that the worst repercussion of falling into sin is falling into sin Yeah, and that separation from God yeah. that happens as a result of committing that sin. Yeah. I, yeah. I, one of the things that really blows my mind is when I look at the way that we talk about sin versus the way that scripture talks about sin. Sin, the Bible never uses mild terms <laughs> to talk about sin. The Bible never talks about sin as though it's just this mild or minor inconvenience. Uh, it uses words like death. The wages of sin is death. It, it uses all these words, like you mentioned earlier. Ultimately, I think biblically, the idea of sin is this is separation from God, which is crazy. I never thought about this before, but I was working on a message for something that I was doing and I was looking at first Peter chapter two and I'd never thought about this before, but in first Peter chapter two, verse 11, he warns people to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. When was the last time you thought about your sin that way? When was the last time that you thought my sin is something that is actively waging war against my soul? Not the part, like not, not the outside of me, right? Not the cosmetic side of me. This isn't, uh, this isn't something that's just trying to affect, um, my livelihood. I, I like to think about it this way, right? So behind the active war against your soul, there's an active enemy. There's Satan. And a lot of times we like to think, oh, well, Satan is just this person who is attacking my family or attacking my marriage or attacking my health or mental health, whatever it is, right? Satan is attacking those things. That's not his end goal. Satan's end goal is to wage war against your soul. And what's your soul? Your soul is the thing that is tethered to God. It is the most intimate, deepest part of you that belongs in relationship with God. And that's what Satan goes after. And so he uses these cosmetic ways to try to do that, right? He's like, well, maybe if I can drive a wedge in this marriage or Maybe if I can get this person addicted to pornography, or maybe if I can make this person unhappy in some sort of way and make them doubt if God really even loves them, if he's even there, if he's really even willing to step into the situation, it's in those moments that Satan says, I can attack your soul now. And when we don't have accountability in our lives, what's happening is we're putting our guard down. 
we're having this moment where we say, well, I don't need to stay alert at all times. Even though first Peter five, eight says that the devil prowls around like a lion looking for who he can devour. Crazy story. You're at the zoo and you fall in the lion enclosure. You're not going to put your guard down at any point. You're not going to be like, oh, well, this is unfortunate. Hope this ends like Daniel. Yeah, no, first thing, you know, the scariest thing that could happen is you fall in that pit and you're like, wait, where's the lion? <laughs> if you don't see it, it's even scarier than if you do see it. And that's what happens to those of us who don't have accountability. When we're in isolation, it's like putting your guard down with a lion ready to attack you. Absolutely. So we've talked a lot about the importance of accountability, but... I'm, I'm always going to circle back to practical applications right. and we can talk about this in theory. Like my mind goes to you learn the theories in school, but then like you have to apply them. So how do we establish accountability for ourselves or for other people? And why? Like, why do we mm. do this? So, yeah, we're going to talk about that. That's a very good and loaded question. Let's get into it. So for me, when it comes to putting something into practice, I need a why first. If there's no reason to do it, then I'm not going to do it. And why do it if there's no reason? There's no point. Yeah. I don't use that logic with Netflix, but this applies this way. So it raises two good questions. Why and how, right? So accountability, what's your why? I want to be more like Jesus in every aspect of my life. That's the point. That's my why. And sometimes trying to be like Jesus is difficult to do by yourself. Sometimes? I would say all the time. I mean, we don't like getting other people involved because a lot of times that gets messy or can be messy. Like what we talked about last week, I think so much of what discipleship is, which really is this idea of accountability, right? It's us growing as disciples with one another, is us being willing to step into one another's mess or more, I think more importantly, allowing other people to step into our mess. I think that's, I think that's huge because, but yeah, but that, I don't know. Cause are we still, but, but why accountability though? If we're honest, if I want to, I, I respect your answer. I get that you said, I want to be like Jesus. I think anybody who's listening to the true discipleship podcast wants to be like Jesus, but we have means to do that, right? Why not just listen to a podcast or walk into church, don't talk to anybody and then leave. Why not just sit in a closet and read my Bible for 12 hours a day? Let's be real, right? Let's ask the question that people are asking. If I have the Holy Spirit inside of me, then why do I need accountability? Why do I need broken people? Why do I need to surround myself with other human beings when I have access to the Holy Spirit? I think it's really easy to ignore the Holy Spirit. We try to ignore what, you know, you you feel something and you're like, I think this is the Holy Spirit and not what I ate for lunch. You're like, but I don't, I don't like that answer. Like, don't get me wrong. The Holy Spirit can do amazing things in you. It's the only way anything amazing can happen in you, right? And when we lean into that and really listen, we can do incredible things. But there are times that we don't want to lean into the Holy Spirit and what we're being called to do. You said something big. You were talking about how I don't, well, how do I know if that was the Holy Spirit? How do I know if it wasn't just what you said, like what I ate earlier or just me 
trying to personify or over spiritualize what I want to be true. How do I know that's the case? And I think that the a part or a way that we do that is the Holy or is people, right? I think it's totally okay to hear something or to feel something, to sense something that the Holy Spirit is laying on your heart and then question, is that right? Especially when we're talking about big decisions, right? It, it could be anything, especially when you're talking about, okay, how do I deal with my sin? So I think it's important for, instead of us looking and seeking for people to validate our sin, how do we find people and put people around us who are actually going to validate the voice of the Holy Spirit in our lives? And that's confusing to me. Don't get me wrong. I'm led by the Spirit as a believer, but there are some times where I'm wondering, okay, God, is this you or is this just me? And so this is why I think it's important for us to surround ourselves with people who are in the Word who are also being led by the Spirit and who can affirm those things or tell you if you're completely crazy, right? Because That was, in fact, just what you ate for lunch. Yeah. I mean, that, that sort of stuff can totally happen all the time. I think we've all seen people who, you know, like, let's be honest, we've all made bad decisions. And it's not whether you're Christian or non-Christian, we've all made bad decisions. And it's not for the Christian. It's not that you don't have the Holy Spirit in your life, but maybe you misinterpreted, mistook, or misunderstood something that the Holy Spirit was or wasn't calling you to do. And so it's important to have people around you who can help you recognize that. So I think that's the why, but how do you hold yourself accountable? What do you say to the person who doesn't have those people in their life, who has a hard time finding those people who have been looking for accountability and don't know where to go anymore? The first place I would say to go is church. If you have a church home, if you don't belong to a church, like to find one, because that's not the ultimate answer. But like for me, I was able to find like the first person that truly held me accountable through a small group that I was placed in through the church I was going to. Because honestly, this is not really off topic, but it would be a lot easier not to seek out accountability. Like, oh, (laughs) yes. It's always much easier not to do things than to do them. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <Can't attest. laughs> Absolutely. So I was placed in this small group and out of that, I was able to make friendships with people like earlier you were saying who are in the word, following the Holy Spirit's voice, like those kinds of people I I had made a strong, not a stronger connection with, but I've made, like I sought them out and I was like, hey, I'm struggling with this and I need your help. And I don't know if I'm about to take something that you're supposed to say, but when you do find that person, when you do find that accountability group, when you do find that friend who's in the word and led by the Holy Spirit, and you are seeking out that accountability, just remember that it's only effective. It's only as effective as you are vulnerable. If you come to your weekly accountability group and you're just like, oh yeah, this week was great. I didn't feel tempted at all to do whatever it is you're being held accountable for. And you tell these people that you're doing fine, then the accountability is not going to work. You have to be willing to come to this group, to this person and be honest. And we're probably going to touch on this in the next segment. It's scary. It's scary to come to somebody and say, hey, like, I really messed up. Like, I did this. I said I wasn't going to do this thing, and I did this thing. And um, what are you going to be met with? And in a little bit, we're going to talk about how to be accountable to or how to be accountable for another person. And then my prayer is that if you are, like, holding someone else accountable, just to be great, like, full of grace when, um, when they come to you with that. So I think you're getting somewhere here. 
And I think you're saying something that's really big. So I'm, I'm a big language guy and especially when it comes to like Christian language, because I think there are certain words that we use a lot that become white noise because we hear them so much. So you said we need to find a church. And I think that most people are like, I'm in a church, but don't, I think we need to break away from the idea of imagining church as uh, this building or even anybody who's been around church for a while knows like the church is the people, not the steeple. (laughs) Uh, Tweet that out. So, you know, church is, is more than just this place that you come to. And so people may think I'm in a church. And so I, a lot of times like to consider it more of a faith community. Mm. Like I am in, I am a part of this active and living community that is making an active effort to move towards something. I would say, challenge your own criteria for the church that you're at. Are you a part of a place where people show up on Sundays, they come in through the front doors, they listen to a message, and then they leave? Or are you a part of an active faith community that says, we're going to come together with one another. We are going to uh, bear one another's burdens. We are going to live and do life together. Um, and I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to say this. I like that look you're giving me. If you are a part of a church where you feel like it is impossible to do that, leave that church. You can get that at home, sitting on the couch, watching some pastor in Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> you don't have to find your, if you're in Tulsa, Oklahoma, then that was a horrible analogy, but you don't have to find, yeah, you're not just looking for somewhere to just be stuffed with biblical knowledge. You're looking for a place where you can walk this out with other believers who are also passionately pursuing Christ. Dare I say other true disciples, <laughs> you plug yourself on the podcast. That's a weird thing to do, but you need to find that. And I'll be honest, some churches, those pockets are there. They're just far and few between. This isn't me just saying, oh, I've been looking for accountability and I haven't found it. Like, I'm going to give up on my church. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is just make an active effort to find those people. And if you realize this is not my church's culture, then maybe that isn't the best community for you to be a part of. And uh, yeah, that's Aaron's hot take for this episode. But I do think that's a fair statement and and a true thing that we're all called to. All right. So you're on board. You're drinking the Kool-Aid. You're ready for it. You said, yes, I need accountability in my life. I see why I need accountability. I am now starting to figure out how to get accountability for myself. So let's say you're ready. You want to start a group. You're not in a group already. You're having a hard time finding an established group. So you say, I'm going to, I'm going to hop in a group or start a group of my own. What do you do? Find one other person that maybe you already have a relationship with that you trust. And like we were saying before, that they are rooted in scripture and are in tune with the Holy Spirit leading their lives. And chances are they probably know one other person. And it's almost this like domino effect. Does there become a point when a group is too big? I think so. I think for the sake of everyone being able to share we all have a lot of problems <laughs> and um which to be fair how many people do i want knowing my problems right there's a level of trust that happens in an accountability group like it's built on the idea of trust but at the same time wisdom is there too right like you're cuz not everyone there is going to be there for the right intentions and all the other stuff and so i think there has to be a line somewhere absolutely and i i think you 
you have to establish that culture in your accountability group from day one. Uh, one of the things that gets said so many times is like, what's said here stays here. Um, we don't talk about this outside of the group. And that's really important. Um, me confessing a sin that I'm struggling with is not me giving you permission to gossip about me mm. and take that and use that. And I, I think that goes back to if somebody is rooted in scripture and leaning into their, the Holy Spirit, the calling on their life, then they're not going to an accountability group trying to get gossip on everybody. Yeah, that's true. Some people do, right? You don't always know. People need to be trustworthy. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Could you break that idea down a little bit more? I know we're getting like zooming in on the microscope, but seriously, I think these are important questions to ask. I think you can tell a lot from somebody just in conversations that you have with them. Like if you've talked to this person before and they're like, oh, did you see that this person posted this or like this person did that? And they're so busy talking about other people and you asked them how their day was. I I think you can get a feel for people pretty quickly in conversation. Yeah, that's good. Before we move on um, to the next step in this, I actually have a situation right now where I'm a part of a group an accountability group. And we recently made the decision to not let someone join the group. And this is a person who could definitely use a little bit more Jesus in their life. We're a group of godly men that get together and talk about godly men stuff. (laughs) And this person needs some help in the God department. A part of it, you kind of talked about that culture piece a little bit, is you have to determine, okay, what is this group? And and who are we going to be? I think each group needs a leader. So for example, we're not just going to have a group of people who are all struggling with the same struggle, with no one who's defeated or (laughs) gotten healing from that. Because that's just the blind leading the blind. It's just a (laughs) bunch of people sitting around talking about how much you suck at life. You kind of figure out the identity of the group. And the identity of the group that I'm a part of is we are a group of men who love Jesus, and are passionately pursuing him. Well, you know, when we joined this group, we were all looking for a community of guys who are of like mind, who are going to uh, spur us on, as Paul writes, to spur us on. That actually might have been Hebrews, which maybe Paul wrote it, maybe he didn't. I don't remember where it's at. That's what happens when you start quoting scripture that you don't really know where it is. But I know it's in the book. It's in the good book somewhere. But yeah, but we start spurring people on it. And in the advice that we give, it's not polluted by what does the world think is the best way to handle the situation? Because we're all fixated and focused on Christ. So yeah, so you have to, there comes, there's certain times where you have to safeguard that and protect that. But then there are other times, again, it just kind of depends on the context and culture of your group of, are we, it feels weird to say it this way, but are we a hospital for hurting people? Yes, because we're all hurting broken people. But you need to say, okay, are, are we here for people who are like legitimately struggling and don't even know if they believe in their faith? Or are we established in our faith and we need to be safeguarded? Does this make sense? I don't want to say anything that sounds like there's some objections that come up to this idea. And I think some people who are like, oh, that's that's exclusive and that's dumb. You need to let everybody in. And, and to an extent, that's true, right? But that's what the church is for. That's what the church as a whole is for. We're not going to leave this dude out on the road like, man, I hope he figures it out one day. No, we're still going to try to speak into his life and, and serve and love him well. But this group, this sacred time where we meet and we talk about these things from this perspective, there's, I think there's a healthy way to protect that. All right. So I got the people. I found my one to 8,000 people, depending on how, you Don't know. Don't put 8,000 people in your account. What's a good size? This is not like the be all end all authoritative answer, but what's a good size you think? Uh, the number six comes to mind. Okay. 
I think that's yeah. We just pulled an arbitrary number out. Anything over six is too much accountability. Yeah, <laughs> if you have people in your accountability group, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, no, that's not true. But <laughs> six is a good number for us. That's that seems fair. Yeah, and like I was saying earlier, you want everyone to be able to share their hearts and their struggles and um so what does that look like we got the people now it's time to make a plan what's our game plan love making a plan so you got to figure out how often you're going to meet and i think initially when i think about how often to meet i think about how often do i i need to be reminded of almost this like task force i have in place to help me find healing from from this sin or like overcome this sin. I guess previously, a lot of my accountability was in the form of like also a small group that was going through a Bible study. And that's typically once a week. So once a week, I think just is a natural place to start, but you might be in a scenario where like you're living life like hour by hour or day by day. And if you need to meet with someone daily, then I'm sure you could find someone that would meet with you daily or at least be there whenever you need them. Yeah. Right? And I think that's really it. Like, Oh, are you ready? This is another tweetable moment. Accountability requires availability. Oh yeah. You like that? Patent pinning. Not really, <laughs> but accountability requires availability. You need to have those people who are there for you in your most vulnerable moments. Yeah. I like that. So you get together you talked about how often you meet and you mentioned you're like, maybe you're going through a book or something like that, but how do you decide what are we talking about? Yeah. I, like I said, my accountability was in the context of like a group going through like a book or a Bible study, but honestly it came up more in like prayer request time. Like we would in the night with, um, just sharing prayer requests with each other. And that just seemed like a natural place. Cause you were already sharing like things that were on your heart and, you know, things you're struggling with are on your heart. And that, that seemed to be a good time for us to say, Hey, like I've just been really struggling with this. Yeah, that's good. I think that sometimes prayer request time is definitely just a good natural place to be vulnerable, but I think it does help to have a conversation starter almost that invites you into that vulnerability right from the jump. So there's a group that I'm a part of. And the two things we talk about are where in the last week were we closest to Jesus and then where in the last week did we explicitly say no to Jesus? And and just talking about those things, it's a it's it rips you wide open because uh, what I talked about at the beginning of this episode is you walk through the week mindful of this is an opportunity for me to either say yes or no to Jesus. And then to be able to come and get together with a group of people where you talk about that, that's where the accountability part comes in. So I love that. Okay, last one. You ready? Last question that I have for you. We get together, we share things with one another, we're vulnerable, we're being open and honest. For me, as an accountability group member, let's say you just shared something, something pretty heavy, something vulnerable. How do I respond? I'm so glad you asked. There is a lot of scripture that talks about sharing with each other, and it's almost like they were writing a guidebook and you didn't even need this podcast episode. Uh, Wait, are you saying that if people read their Bibles, they don't have to listen to a podcast? crazy but we do want people to listen to our podcast yeah please (laughs) that'd be nice hashtag jeff bezos money (laughs) in galatians chapter six we get this beautiful picture of what an accountability group should look like it says dear brothers and sisters if another believer is overcome by some sin you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. 
share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. So in that, we see the gently and the humbly. So when someone comes to you and confesses the deepest personal struggles with you, uh, you're to meet them with gentleness and humility. But in full transparency, I think sometimes I was met with maybe too much grace Mm. in an accountability group, so much so Mm. that it didn't hold me accountable. That strikes a chord for sure. How do you do that? How do you balance that level of grace? And this is a safe place for you to share what's going on, but not fall into this pit of, oh, now this is just a weekly pity party. Because I've been a part of groups like that before where you show up and you're like, hey, I'm struggling with this thing. And people are like, yeah, me too. Sucks. <laughs> and then you leave and you come back the next week and you saw that same thing and you actually don't see any sort of life change. So what is the missing piece if accountability is actually going to work? Do we extend too much grace in these groups sometimes? And I think that what we have to have is actual accountability. What does that mean? We have to be a place where people are reminded that their sin has consequences, but we do it gently and humbly. And I know there's like the natural objection, right? Jesus says that you shouldn't judge people and it's not my place to judge and only God can judge me. Tupac 249, you know, (laughs) like that's what we do. We always think that way, but look at what Paul writes. Paul is all up in this. Today's episode is sponsored by Paul. (laughs) First Corinthians chapter five, uh, verse 12, Paul says, It isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, talking about those who are outside of the community of faith, but it is certainly your responsibility to judge those inside of the church who are sinning. We don't get taught that very often, right? Where, oh, well, you just extend love and you just extend grace and everything will be fine and maybe the sin problem will work itself out. And no, that's that's not how that works at all. I think where the disconnect happens is our culture's understanding of what judgment looks like. Because in our head, we think judgment always means pointing a finger and being mean. But I think judgment actually can be gentle and humble. And I don't ever really think about it that way. I think there's a gentle and humble way to judge. When you're a judge, you are making a clear distinction about something. Somebody presents a case in front of you and all you say is, yeah, that person did something wrong or no, they didn't do anything wrong. This is the same thing that parents do with their kids. When a parent gets a call that their kid did something dumb at school, the parent doesn't just say, oh, well, don't do that again. Next time, try not to stab that kid in the eye with a spork. You know, like a parent doesn't do that. Where did you go to school? (laughs) I grew up in New Orleans, so you got to forgive me. But yeah, but that parent is going to, they're going to invoke consequences. And that parent, a good parent, doesn't lose their cool in that moment and go, what are you doing? You don't know what you're talking about. They don't do that. No, they're under control, but they realize if I don't call this out right now, if I don't do something to try to correct this behavior in my child, he's going to be stabbing people with things way worse than a spork in 20 years. <laughs> there it is. There's the weird thing for this episode, but you get what I'm saying? Like we have to offer judgment isn't a bad thing. It's just, do you, because Paul tells us it is our responsibility to judge those inside of the church who are sinning, but there's a right and a wrong way to do that. And there's a way to do it without alienating people. Now, listen, if I come to you and I call you out on your sin uh, in a gentle and humble way and you go, oh, I don't want to hear that. I'm just going to go to the church down the street because they're going to affirm everything that I want. Okay. That's on you. But I tried. (laughs) I did my part as a loving brother in Christ, but I'm also not just going to sit idly by and watch you tear your life apart. Yeah, as you were saying that, something I was thinking of is that when this person comes and tells you that they've struggled with this sin, it should break your heart so much that you want to call it out. 
you might be super uncomfortable calling them out, but the brokenness that they're feeling as a result of this sin is far more than the brokenness you're going to feel from calling Mm, them out. That is a good reminder. That is a good, healthy reminder that you have to be able to say, okay, this is going to hurt. And it might cost me the friendship, but it's worth it. Worth it because I care about you. Which one are you willing to put on the line? The eternal well-being of somebody's soul or your friendship? You may lose that friendship in the process, but I think that actually could lead to a building of trust because that person may not realize the truth you're speaking to their lives now, but could very easily come full circle somewhere down the road. And hopefully the Holy Spirit starts to affirm things that they heard from a community. As you allow yourself to be obedient to the Spirit, now they actually start to see life change being cultivated in their lives. So Galatians 6 brings up this really interesting point. It says that we should bear one another's burdens. And if I'm honest, that's a big ask. What does that mean to take on someone else's burdens? And how do you know when you've crossed the line, maybe, that that what you're doing isn't healthy anymore? I think the first thing we need to realize is that God is gracious enough to tell us that we don't have to bear our burdens. Uh, We can take them to God. And in the same way, when someone comes to me and shares whatever they're going through and like unloads and my, my heart breaks. And I remember just like, I don't have to carry my own stuff. I don't have to carry theirs. Mm -hmm. I can take that to God. It's tough. It's really hard to have someone share something with you and not carry it. Mm -hmm. Not like you pray about it and you take it to God, but it still feels like there's a weight on your shoulder and some sort of like responsibility. I think I try when, when people come to me and, and tell me things that they, they're struggling with, I want to fix it. And I start playing God and trying to trying to play God. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We usually do a poor job, but yeah, I get what you're saying. I I forget that I need to take this to God and no amount of me trying to help in a certain way is going to to fix this problem the way taking it to God will fix it. Yeah, and that does become a really hard part of groups like this because you do, you walk around and you're like, especially if, let's say, for whatever reason, you aren't constantly available, but maybe you meet up with this person once a week. Yeah, in between meetings, it's very common to have that person's weight thrusted upon you and you feel like you're carrying that stuff around. But yeah, when, when Jesus offers us a light yoke, that's not just for us, but that's also for the people around us. And so what do you do? Cause I think a lot of times when my heart breaks, my heart breaks when most for people who know the right thing to do and they don't seem to be taking the bait. They're, they're like, I know what I should be doing, but I'm not doing it. How long do you hold on to that? How long do you walk hand in hand, arm in arm with this person before you're like, I can't help you anymore. <laughs> like, I've told you what you need to do. You just need to do it. How long do you... I wish I could say after seven days, <laughs> you you walk away. But it, it just doesn't feel right to say that you eventually walk away. But there is only so much that you can do 
within your own power and your own strength. Man, maybe if you do have to walk away for a little while from face-to-face interaction or you don't have access to me through my phone anymore, but like just constantly praying for that person. I don't think we should ever stop praying for somebody, praying that God would take their burdens from them. Paul says something interesting that First uh, Corinthians 5, we're looking at the next verse. It says that God will judge those on the outside, but as the scriptures say, you must remove the evil person from among you. And what Paul is talking about here is those people who fall into that category. They know what to do. They've heard the word of God. They've constantly, intentionally ignored the uh, nudging of the Holy Spirit. And I think there comes a point where it's like, listen, if you're not listening to Jesus, you're not going to listen to me. As much as I try to talk to you and fix you and all this other stuff, you just, it's, it's not going to happen. And and there comes a point where it does, I, I hate to say it this way, but it does become toxic where now your relationship with Jesus is starting to suffer because you're trying to carry things you were never designed to, to carry and take on. Earlier, I said accountability requires availability, but the way that you ultimately show accountability for your own actions is to take responsibility. And anyone who's a part of any group like this has to be willing to say, if you truly want accountability, you have to say, okay, I'm going to put on my big boy pants and I'm going to take responsibility for my actions. And I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit as well as the people around me to be the encouragement that I need to ultimately lay this sin aside. And if somebody's not willing to do that, then you just got to pray for them and hope for the best. That feels like a really heavy way to end this off, right? It does. But I think when we started dreaming about doing this podcast, we wanted it to be something that got people thinking and got people talking. And I think it's okay to, to leave you here in this tension. Yeah, we can't resolve anybody's issues for them. That's what we're talking about. There's only so much of the burden that we can bear. At some point, you know your situation. To those of you who are listening, you know your situation. You know what this looks like in your life. And yeah, if you're looking for that resolution, lean into the Holy Spirit and lean into people around you on how to handle these situations. But yeah, that's fair. We all need to walk away and think. This has been great. I genuinely love what this space has become. And yeah, it's just going to keep on evolving and keep on growing. And I really look forward to that. We look forward to having some other voices here in the studio with us soon and having some bigger and broader conversation. But yeah, I'm having a ton of fun so far. Yeah, me too. It feels like we've hit a groove. You know, it's only the third episode, but I feel like a seasoned veteran of podcasting. We're getting there. As always, thank you all so much for listening. We're always looking for ways to get better. So if you want to email us or DM us, our Instagram is True Discipleship Podcast. And our email address is truediscipleship2021 at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the True Discipleship Podcast. <laughs>